Welcome to episode 52, 52. of Flights, Football, and Anything Else. I'm Dave. And I'm Mike. How you doing, Dave? Better than most. Not as good as some, sir. How are you? Wow, where's the time gone? You know, 2020's been a hectic year, you know. It's actually been a shitty year all the way around. Can't do this, can't do that. This, that, and the other thing we've talked about for 30 episodes now, but doesn't seem possible it's been a year isn't that crazy i, I remember one you know that was thanksgiving break we kind of talked about it we had a sample beer upstairs in the kitchen and uh we did we did the trailer and that's already been a year ago so uh here at the north studios and it's stop uh, mike i'm i, I know I'm, it's, I'm, I'm starting to tear up <laughs> <laughs> oh anyway all right got that out of the way but yeah, yeah so um I'm doing quite well. It's been it, strange. It's been 52 weeks, and because we haven't, we've we've done some Saturdays, maybe yeah. even a Monday once or a Tuesday yeah. once or a Friday once. I was but, up in the UP one time. Maybe yep. that was a Saturday or something. And we've done some remember. zooms. We've done most head to heads. We've been inside, outside, South Studio, North Studio. Yep. And 52 later, we're still going strong. Listenership. Maybe approaching double digits. Who knows? <laughs> in the but millions. Hey, in the millions. But hey, we've we've had uh, fifty-two times three math guy. That's a hundred. We've tried a hundred six different beers, give or take, and mm-hmm. had a lot of fun along the way. So, speaking of hell? which, if you want to go to our Facebook page, uh, that is updated with all the beers that we've tried um, and rated o- and rated over the fifty-two weeks. So, uh, all right. Well, you. Uh, pick so what's first on tap here today for our one year anniversary first on tap sabrotage it's an american ipa from shorts brewing uh bel-air michigan and it features the sabro hops otherwise known as hbc 438 which kind of sounds like a a reference to like a part of a part of a hemp recipe or something like that but hbc stands for haas breeding company so um or hops depending on it's it's the haas company uh in new mexico but uh they have a hops breeding company and uh, that's where they developed the sabro hops which supposedly and i will read this very quickly the sabro exhibits an intoxicating and complex blend of fruity and citrus flavors it is described as an intense, unique hop, notable for its complexity of fruity and citrus flavors, including distinct tangerine, coconut, tropical fruit, and stone fruit flavors with hints of cedar, mint, and cream. You're shitting me. All that stuff's in a in the, in the hop. Oh yeah, oh, for wow. sure. Yeah. Um, bottle too, by the way. Yep. Uh, so, and of the aforementioned 106 beers, I would say we're probably at what 80 percent cans yeah oh yeah maybe even closer to 90 really probably but yeah. in that range so it's most mostly uh true cans and bottles but the a old vehicle just blasting through a hemp patch it looks like so hopefully, <laughs> hop, hop patch hemp yeah you got me thinking hemp hop patch yeah so what darker good pour. color yeah but hazy little, though, little hazy IPA. yep so cheers to one year and many many more many more here cheers. you go 
Yep. And I did not, I did not talk about the uh, alcohol or the IBUs, so I will right now because that's the IBUs are on the tip of my brain. Seven point four percent alcohol and thirty one IBUs, which is pretty much what I'm tasting here. Although the seven, if I was to judge it, I would not put it at a seven point four as far as any kind of a no, and it punch to the gut kind of a i wonder if subliminal subliminally you got me with the, the new sabro hop because you can taste definitely taste the ipa flavor oh yeah but there is a little bit of almost I, I dare i call it a twang if you will there's a little <laughs> bit of a different taste to it all right um not you know 31 ibus you wouldn't expect it to be very bitter and it's not but after uh what will soon be a second drink I'm liking it. It's different. It's got a. It's the first hit on the palate is different, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, uh, first on the docket here in episode 52, I've got to cover a trio of corrections corners. Nothing terribly major, but um, I just did, did want to point it out because number one, um, <clears throat> last week on the um, uh, random question, like you know when I chose Kennedy's car. Um, my mom was very disappointed because she said, well, you were there, Mike. And I, cause I called it, uh, Dooley Plaza. Oh. It's actually Dealey Plaza that my mom pointed out. She said, well, how could you get that wrong? You were there. I'm like, ah, by the third segment, I've had quite a bit to drink, mom. So there's, no, uh, uh, but anyway, thanks, mom. Not I, making excuses, <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, not making excuses, but Dealey Plaza, not Dooley Plaza. The second one, I and I actually had to research because I thought my sister may have got into the old uh, Sabro hops. Um, when we were discussing uh, Christmas movies and we couldn't come up with Jingle All the Way. Yeah. And I said, Phil Hartman. I said, you know, the guy, from, what was the name of the show? The guy, the uh, news radio. Uh, yeah. No, I, I said, the guy from news radio couldn't think of his name, Phil Hartman. I said, he killed his wife, then killed himself. And, oh, Phil Hartman. And then, oh, oh, Jingle All the Way. Yeah. And it all... Well, actually, what it was was his wife killed him, oh, and then she killed herself. Gotcha. So, oh, I mean, I still th- no, I for some reason I thought and it I, went the way you said. I it. thought so too, and I even had to pr- I fact check a fact check because I'm like <laughs> I think my sister's wrong, and I'm like, and then I I, I googled how did Phil Hartman die, and yeah. then well it was. It, of course, nobody knows nobody's in the house, but it, it's alleged that she killed him, sure, and then killed herself. Sure. So that was an important detail. And the third one, which I know Larry, uh, uh, Grandpa Blackhawk, was annoyed at, and I'm sure he was scratching his head. I said going in to week twelve that uh, Henry only had 356 points, but I didn't include his week eleven points. So he actually should have been at 384 points. So I shortchanged Henry. He was still in third place. I had it written down. I just didn't update it before we went into episode 51, which, oddly enough, this segues brilliantly. Thank you very much. After 52 weeks, you get good at this shit. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, the first ever flight football and anything else fantasy football league heading into week 14. I'm leading the way at 452. Josh Wendy with 426. Henry, even giving him his 28 points from 356 to 
84. Is only at 390 because in week 12 he only had six points. And then Dave, you had 262. Hey, I'm almost at 300. Yep. Yep. Did I beat Henry in that week where he had only six points? Oh, uh, yes, no. you did. Oh, sweet. Yes, you did. So I actually didn't come in last one of the weeks. Yes, you because actually Lamar Jackson got 18, so you had 22 for the week. Nice. So, and um, if you play, especially Mahomes and Hill, I, I may pull away from the pack after what Mahomes and Hill did today, but we'll talk about today, next weekend, episode one, season two of Flights, Football, and Anything Else. So, all right, it's good to know that at least of our nearly double-digit listening audience, Dave, yes. that I think Mr. Allen Robinson II Maybe one of those ten because I clearly pissed him off in saying he wasn't. And I, by the way, I still do not think the Bears should pay him the money. They have other needs right. in this. This uh, Darnell Mooney, uh, I think he can. I think he can be, you know, uh, the real deal. So I yeah. would not give the money to Robinson. I'll rescind a little bit of what I said last week in my rant because he came up big today in a bear win. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, if you're if you didn't listen to last week's. You got to go to at least the first uh, segment and listen to Mike um, vent. I guess it's it doesn't do it justice to call it venting, but um, that's what he's referring to right now. Right, and now and now as a Bear fan, you think about the would have beens and could have beens because now they snap. They finally snap. Hooray! That's all that should be said. The, the Bears finally won a fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paraphrasing the, the the great Brian Cox here. Uh, only the, only at the Fishman Eight will appreciate that one. But uh, um, so now they're five and one, lost six straight, five and six. Now they're six and seven. They don't piss away the Lion game. They're seven and five. But it but if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, Dave, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. But uh, I the one thing that is stunning to me about this game is usually. A Deshaun Watson type quarterback, even if the Bears are a twelve and three team going well, usually a Deshaun Watson type quarterback right. gives them fits. And I actually I actually thought Houston was gonna win this game easily because I didn't think there was anything the Bears could do to stop Watson. I had Watson penciled for three hundred or more passing yards. 60 or more rushing yards and five total touchdowns, and right. he didn't even come close to that. And the Bears Finally came to play for a change. Yeah, their defense um, came to play, and and um, yeah, they actually scored some points as well. Um, and the other thing I want to talk about, I want your take on it. It's I, I won't be as passionate about this rant because I don't give a rat's ass about the team. But and this happened last week. First of all, I want to say Greg, Greg Williams, the former defensive coordinator for the Jets, is a douchebag. If you if anybody re- remembers, <laughs> tell correctly, us how you feel. If anybody remembers. <laughs> He was the the guy in charge of the bounty gate for the Saints, and not that I I love hard hitting, you know, but sure. to pay guys to hurt people, yeah. I mean that even goes above sure. my level of uh, dementedness. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he he's and I even seen it this year in one of the games I was watching the Jets when they were like only zero and four or whatever, and they were just taking unnecessary shots. I mean they must have it was a Thursday or a Monday night football game and. They must have had four personal foul penalties on defense in the first right. half. And it's like, this guy's a fucking tool, man. Right. He's terrible. <laughs> All right. Fast forward to last week. Let's go to the Bear game. First and foremost, the Bears have a 10-point lead. O'Donnell has a great punt. Pens the Lions to, uh, inside the five-yard line. And <laughs> just like that, the Lions score a touchdown. 
because they played the, the I mean they gave up everything for Stafford. I mean right. they scored a, they went 96 yards in like eight plays, 2 minutes. So, now in the last play of the game, Greg Williams he he went cover zero. I mean it was like fuck it. Let yeah. I mean we right. I mean we're on 11. <laughs> let's see you know, let's go get him. Yeah. All out blitz. Carr beat the guy over the top. The next day he's fired. I got two points in that. All right, the guy's a douchebag, probably should be fired. Okay, that part I agree on. Right. The only part I, I what I don't understand is two things. Number one, Adam Gase is supposed to be some quarterback guru yeah. whisperer. Genius. He had Ryan Tannehill, and Ryan Tannehill was a turd and was benched. Gase left, Tannehill goes to Tennessee, and Tannehill actually becomes a more than serviceable quarterback. Right. Now the guy's ruining Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was all everything at USC, and now here in the NFL he can't get out of his own way. So Williams calls one zero coverage blitz package, right. gets beat, they lose the game. I mean, fuck, they were 0-11. Who cares? 0-12, 1-11, who cares? Actually, he saved the number one draft pick right. for him. Right. And yet you're, he gets fired the next day because you can't call a game and you can't coach the quarterback and you're the loser? Right. So fire yourself. I mean, and the second thing is, at some point, doesn't a player have to, I mean, the fucking receiver was four yards past the quarterback. <laughs> it's like he, I don't think Greg Williams said, hey, don't cover anybody. He said, I'm right. saying, you know, I'm right. coming an all-out blitz and my corner's got man-to-man coverage. Right. Yeah. Uh, make a play. Fuck, the guy was four yards. I think it was Ruggs that caught the touchdown pass. Uh, the, the rookie from, I think, Al- was Yeah, Alabama. he was almost in his own zip code. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, at some point, doesn't the player have to make a play? Okay, Make an argument, hey, with four seconds left, yeah. why not just make them yeah. you do a the hook and lateral fifty seven times right. to um to get it done. But A, they almost yeah. got to car, and no. B, the fucking cornerback <laughs> wasn't even four how is that Greg Williams' fault that the cornerback was four yards in front of Ruggs? I I'm just saying you don't know what happened behind closed office doors. Maybe he was getting his ass reamed unnecessarily, and then he just unloaded on William. Or uh, God, I'm getting my names mixed up now. Williams um, is the defense coordinator. Yeah, no, not Williams. Gates. Um, yeah, that in the in the general manager or whoever else he was telling that could go fuck off or go. Right. Well, yeah, I understand. And so oh, they said, "Well, okay, okay this isn't going to fit." So it's always easier to point blame. But I'm just saying. I'm just like, saying maybe some... he didn't get fired because he was a bad defensive coordinator. Maybe he got fired just because they had been butting heads for so long. Anyway, and this might have been the straw that broke the camel's back. Well, it was definitely the straw that broke the camel's back, and he definitely is a bad defensive coordinator. It's just like <laughs> I don't mind. I would have rather had the Bears blitz Stafford inside the five-yard line, as opposed to just giving him 30 yards, 30 yards, 30 yards, touchdown, boom, it's a brand-new ball game. Right. I mean, players have got to make plays at some point, which um, last play of the game, though, if he plays like a prevent defense, it turns into a lateral fast. What about the end of the uh, Washington, Michigan, (laughs) Ball State game yesterday? I saw that, yeah. Crazy. Um, The only play is like... Eight to ten seconds into the shenanigans, yeah, it looked like the one player threw it from like the thirty-two from the bottom of the TV screen to like the thirty-three and a half, thirty-four yard line of the top. That one yeah. may have been the only forward lateral. Everything else I thought Looked was legit. legit and should have stayed. Oh yeah, but um, 
It was, yeah, that was, I mean, it, hey, it was exciting nonetheless, <laughs> even though it didn't count. I thought uh, it wasn't going to be a band member that got trucked in this one. I thought the kicker or some somebody was yeah. going to walk onto the field and get obliterated. Um, And the uh, final thing that I want to talk about, again, much like Alan Robinson listens to the pod, mm-hmm. I'm thinking Vanderbilt Athletics might listen to the pod. I think so too. And they, you know, they're I, like, oh yeah. they're like, who's this idiot saying this? We're running just a sham here. But I think Vandy pro- only proved that it's a farce, a stunt. And again, hey, if Sarah Fuller goes on to kick in the NFL and bangs. 45-yarder after 45-yarder after 45-yarder and wins a Super Bowl, I'll be like, hey, wow. That I was can, an idiot. She, that was yeah, wrong. She can kick. <laughs> but here's here's the thing. Okay, the, game one. She comes into the game. Yep. One lousy kickoff that Pooch, and we talked about that. Oh, yeah. Okay, now yesterday against Tennessee, she kicks the extra point. Yep. Okay, she made it. Right. But... How'd she do on the 39-yard field goal? Oh, wait, I'm sorry, Dave. The 39-yard field goal, field goal, gold? It wasn't gold, it was a field goal, was kicked by Pearson Cook. Right. So, okay, he was out He, he was out the previous game, and that's why they needed a kicker, but I right. still don't know why they couldn't use the 50-year senior tackle. Right. So, but now they kept her on the team. Yep. She kicks the extra point, which... Is basically you and I could probably make extra points. Man, not all of them, not all of them. No, no, no. no. But we right. could probably make some. Sure, I used to be able to make quite a few, but yeah. But yet they're not going to let her kick. I mean, thirty-nine yard field goal is not the end, a be all end all when you're an actual kicker. Right. So they let this Pearson Cook is their kicker, and he was actually healthy enough to play. Played yesterday, kicked sure. a thirty-nine. I don't know what else he did, but he at least had a thirty-nine yard field goal. So why didn't he get to kick the extra point? Why yeah. doesn't the the fifth year tackle get to kick the extra point? And the other thing, and I will give the credit to my source here, she's known as the first ever in the Power Five conference. Right. But in college football, the Power Five conferences are five athletic conferences which are considered to be the elite in collegiate football in the United States. They are part of the football subdivision of NCAA Division I, the highest level of collegiate football in the nation. The conferences are the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the SEC. The term Power Five, Power Five, the term Power <laughs> Five is not defined by National College Athletic Association, and the origin of the term is unknown. So basically, because there had been another female that has, I think there were two other females that have played in football games. Right. To make this more of a thing that it is, they've actually created the Power Five, which isn't even the thing. It's just saying, okay, well, okay, well, nobody, no females played in these five conferences. Right. And um, I've heard of the Power Five before that, though. When, but when it's not. But it's not. Like BCS but, it's, but it's not like a sanctioned deal. Because true. Like, true. True. Yes, I understand like BYU, what you're saying. Because BYU can play for the national championship, and BYU isn't in those Power Fives. I don't think BYU is in the Pac-12 anymore. Are they? Or not anymore? Are they? Uh, They're in the Mountain West or something, aren't they? Well, anyway, yes, that's another yes, story. Yes. But anyway, um, this information was provided to me by a new listener, Tom Dittmer. Thank Tom you, Tom. Tom Dittmer is a. Uh, um, 
he shares a lot. I, we went, me, we may have to put the explicit, explicit, explicit button. And <laughs> if he comes, if, in. if he comes on, and the one story that I do want Tom to share, if he ever becomes a guest, or, um, is he's got a hell of a story, and it's titled uh, that my buddy Mike Klein and I have titled, and Tom is entitled it himself. It's called Attack at the Mac. Yeah. And, and to listen to Tom tell that story, I'm chuckling thinking about it now, and I've heard the story 20 times over the last 25 years. So, Tom, you're more than welcome to come on the pod, and would love to hear you describe what happened at Attack at the Mac. Um, and Tom also brought up another decent idea. Yeah. I didn't want to do it on the first anniversary of the pod, but um, before we before we rate Sabrotage, Tom says, you know, I don't know if I could taste test what you guys are drinking why don't you uh, do a rating of the shit we used to drink when nobody had any money? And I'm thinking, all right, that's not the beer I drink anymore. But you know what? That you know, it's not a bad Black idea. Label, yep, Paps, uh, Paps, Pfeiffer, Strohs, <laughs> right. um, the Mickey Big Mouth Forty. <laughs> I don't even know. So I know, I know, I didn't think Black Label was made anymore. But when I was at uh, Opperman's Cork and Ale today, getting our selections for episode one, season two the Christmas special of Flights Football than anything else. I noticed a guy with a case of Carlin's Black Label. I didn't even know they made that anymore. <laughs> and I bet you my six beers cost probably four times what his case of Black Label cost. Right, right. But, uh, so I thought that might even be a, di- a different idea. It's like, you know, all right, oh, God, this is terrible. You know, uh, <laughs> that would be, yeah, that, that would be a lot of fun. So, all right, Tom. We just, all of our listeners that would, uh, you know, get the heaves if they hear other people throwing up after. Yeah, so Tom. You're on the clock, buddy. Start looking for Pfeiffer's, uh, Alta's, uh, and any other skunky shit beer we can buy cheaply. So you'll bring it, we'll taste it, we'll rate it, and we'll have some fun. But until then, Dave, what do you think? Let's rate Sabrotage. Let's rate it. Um, First, so I like it. It almost has a refreshing kind of a... Like some of them that we drink, like the ones that you really like, the the punch in the mouth, the the you know the kick to the stomach kind of a. This doesn't have that. It's nope. it's nice and smooth. The thirty one IBUs. Um, I'm gonna go three point nine zero. Three nine zero. Um, like you, I it was refreshing because it. There's enough of the IPA flavor to it that you know you're drinking an IPA, but at at the same token, like you said, it's almost like just finished cutting the grass, got a little bit of sweat going, pop open a Miller Light, you know, and drink two thirds of the can on that first pull, <laughs> right. and it's like, <sighs> right, and then you get back to cutting the grass. This has got a lot more flavor than a Miller Lite. Well, a lot more. Okay. No, that's what I said. It's okay. got the IPA flavor, yeah, yeah. but like the the refreshness of, like you said. So, yep. um, and also it reminds me a lot. I'd have to look back, um, see what episode it was. I think it was probably at least twenty ago, uh, where we rated the Hemper. Yeah. Um, now the Hemper had more of a hempy notes to it than yep. this does, but there is that hint. With the Sabro hops um, and the HBC or whatever you said it was. Um, well, no, that's just that's an acronym for the company right. that grew it. So, 
but it does, regardless of that, still does have that hamper taste to it. I am going to go 368. 3.68. All right. So our friends at Untapped, the crew rated that right in between us. Oh. With 355 check-ins. All right. So, you know, Shorts being in Bel Air, I don't know how far Shorts gets out, you know, out of Michigan. But uh, they've got it at 3.82. All right. Yeah, right in the ballpark. And I also fact-checked the BYU thing, and they are currently still an independent. Okay, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. We won't have to have a corrections corner on that one. Right. All right, Mike. Well, hopefully no corrections corner needed for this second segment and second tasting, which is Surly Brewing Company's Axeman IPA. Surly is from Minnesota or Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, kind of a cool can with a bunch of skulls and axes and stuff like that. Yeah, actually, the color of the can and the skulls in it, this is actually one of my favorite cans I on knew the you'd pod. like that. And what I also I like, like about it, it. I might be a little... Because I actually thought I kind of, I didn't, I know I didn't make the word up, but it was funny because the description oh. <laughs> of this is yeah. dank, hoppy, and loud. And that I've used dank as some of my description of oh, the yeah. beer. Uh-huh. So, all right. I have a fucking professional beer taster, Dave. <laughs> what was the word you used today? I thought you had your own special twist on something today already. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody will let us know. Um... One of our snacks, though, once again, throw out a shout-out to uh, Grandpa Blackhawk. Uh, in his excursion last week, two weeks ago, however long ago it was, uh, went hunting in Tennessee and got himself a pretty large-sized deer, made uh, the pod some jerky, and for someone who doesn't like venison, I find the jerky fairly tasty. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, it's really good. All right. Hey, thanks, uh, Grandpa Blackhawk and Axeman. Over and out. Cheers. Yes. On the finish, that dankness with the IPA <laughs> bitter pot, yep. bitter taste. Yep. This is delicious. Yeah. And that's probably, to me right now, that is the difference between... What between uh, Axeman and uh, Sabrotage? Yeah. It's just that dank. Is that yeah. if you want to? I don't like the word dank. I don't know why, but it just sounds so. Like, I like it. It's like almost, it's and, almost like a B home or a B a B porn <laughs> done at the done at like the home level, like on the eight millimeter film. <laughs> dank, a little dead, you know, dank. Okay, yeah, that's. I don't want to drink that. <laughs> you don't? No. Oh, because and it's funny. Blah. It's funny we uh I'm we, I'm actually really I'm really I'm really angry that you put that no, that 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 vision in my head now. And and as angry as you are, I'm equally as proud because yet another unplanned perfect segue into you know what I have uh watched slash listened to since we last met. And I was on uh on Spotify courtesy of Wondery. And this is from like 2017, and actually, the, the what the podcast is about actually took place in 1979 80. And I found it so interesting 
I have yet to listen to the most recent episode of Spittin' Chicklets, which was released on wow. Thursday. So I, I'm behind on that. But um, anyway, it's uh, called The Wonderland Murders. Six-part podcast, 28 to 38 minutes per episode. It's a narrative, and you there is some audio, you know, some actual audio footage of it and everything. And I don't know if anybody's familiar with it or not. And I'll get to the the bada bang, if you will, at the end. But it's the yeah. how I get. I found a lot of interest in it because it's almost like how how dumb criminals can be. <laughs> in that, okay, what it was was the Wonderland Gang is what they were known, and that's why it was called the Wonderland Murders. But the Wonderland Gang went to um, Eddie Nash's house. Eddie Nash in Cal- uh, Los Angeles was. A huge right. business owner, you know, a right. big drug lord. And, I mean, he was the man. And he kind of shortchanged the Wonderland gang on a, uh, they had a, they stole a bunch of priceless guns. Um, it's not really a spoiler alert. I mean, this is actually, this is a true story. So, sure. I mean, it's not like, I'm, the, right. what I watched, I won't tell you the conclusion of because it'll ruin it for you. But, I mean, this actually happened. I mean, I'm right. not changing history or anything. Right. So, <laughs> right. But it's, it is a pleasant listen. And if you're familiar with the case like I was, you kind of follow along and you know what's going on. But um, So, the Wonderland gang stole a bunch of antique guns. And, obviously, like, if you steal guns that rare, it's kind of like stealing the Mona Lisa. I mean, you, you go... Yeah. Oh yeah. Steal the Mona Lisa. Gun owner. Yeah. You you go steal the Mona Lisa. It's not like you can just go out and say to somebody, "Hey, I got this picture of some ugly chick. You want it?" <laughs> you know, because they're like, right. "Hey, where'd you get that, buddy?" Right. So, um, I think I I think I know that one. But so they so the Wonderland gang went to um, Eddie Nash's house. He's like, "Yeah, I'd like to have that for my connect- collection." But Eddie Nash, the businessman, always wanting to fuck people over, is like, "Okay," and he gave him like a thousand dollars worth of heroin. Well, well below the value of the guns, but he's like, hey, you know, fuck you guys. They're stolen guns. You ain't going to, you know. Right. So that pissed the Wonderland gang off. So they go to Eddie Nash's house and hold him up at gunpoint, get the guns back, steal his heroin, jewelry, like a million dollars in cash, yada, yada, yada. Right. Didn't hide their identity at all, and yet let them live. So naturally now, uh, someone like Eddie Nash... He's not going to just say, oh, darn it. (laughs) They got me there. So he's going to one-up it. And then Eddie Nash's bodyguard and three other men, two active participants and one not, allegedly, and I'll get to that one in a minute, which is the crux of the whole story, why I found interest in it. They go to the Wonderland gang, and as they're coming down on a heroin high of... The score they made from Eddie Nash's house, right? Get literally get their skulls busted in beyond recognition and beat to death in retaliation for screwing over Eddie Nash. Yeah, that in and of itself is interesting enough to me for someone who likes the crime genre. The linchpin of the whole thing is legendary porn star Johnny Wad, John Holmes, <laughs> right? Because he was friends with both parties and was so far in debt to both of them for scoring drugs off of each of them. He told the Wonderland gang about Eddie Nash's house. and like, hey, the safe is here. This is there. I'll go here. 
I'll unlock the sliding glass door. You guys can get in, yada, yada, yada. Eddie Nash, no dummy, no, knew that he probably had something to do with it. So he made John Holmes go to the Wonderland house. And so he had to unlock the, the gate and get in <laughs> and let the three people that beat this bass right. of skulls in. And he was actually he was actually acquitted, believe it or not. Um, and Because uh, he didn't do anything. Yeah, he was just there, and he just let everybody in. But other than that, he didn't do anything. But he just facilitated the whole thing. <laughs> but the funny, the I, I think with the the with my pea brain immature mind, what the funniest thing about it was is most of this information was derived from the biography of John Holmes. John Holmes, my life measured in inches. <laughs> you know, so I mean, if I had the, if I had a book this with a, a biography with the same title, I mean, it would be more of a, more or less like a poem. It wouldn't be a whole book, but it was just like ha uh, a haiku. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, uh, but it, I mean, if I don't, I don't know if anybody. Obviously, the people listening to our show like podcasts, but again, the Wonderland Murders on Wondery. It's available on Spotify. And um, to put a name to a face, in that murder, some of the audio that you hear is of one Tom Lang, who, if you recall, was the lead detective in the O.J. Simpson case. Ah, gotcha. So, um, and then you know, you hear his voice, and then all of a sudden I automatically see O.J., Nicole, and Ron, and whatnot. So, I mean, that actually is well worth a listen. Like, say, you know, you walk the dog six times. Boom, you're done with it. Right. Very good and very well done. Um, and what I watched this past week on Amazon Prime, it was called The Clue, uh, The Lie. I, I have written down here The Clue, but it was called The Lie. Why did I written down The Clue? I don't know. I didn't watch The Clue. I watched The Lie. <laughs> um, and I'd like anybody to watch that. About an hour and 27 minutes. I'm not saying it's great, but it's very good. Because it annoys the shit out of you, and <laughs> okay. it's just like it, it, you're like, oh. But you, can't you almost turn it get, off. yeah, you almost get mad watching. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, you know, and then that, you know, and then it's like, huh? <laughs> so I recommend that the lie, and I'm still baffled. Why did I write down the clue? I didn't watch anything named the clue. No, you didn't have oh. you didn't have any fog cutters before you were. Watching that, where did you? Not before I was watching that. I had, I yeah, that could be. It. I had two fog cutters before I, while I was doing my notes. But um, it, how about yourself, Dave? You watch anything? Listen to anything before we get into a? Nope, my life's pretty boring. My daughter uh, said she, that she had never seen the original. Um, oh my god, Jurassic Park. So we watched that. Boring, but no, I mean it's entertaining to watch it again after so many years. But see, and see, that's not my genre. I don't. I, I do not like. That I do not like that genre. Anything with CGI, I don't think you like. No, what what is CGI? That's uh, you know, pretend. Oh yeah, pretend real. Although stuff. I, I did like uh, uh, the boys. Oh yeah, that's got some. That's got plenty of CGI in it. Right. Yeah. So. All right. So um. Yep. Couple of uh. So what do you think, Dave's? And I I actually think we could um. Rename this segment. Is an apology necessary? Because <laughs> basically, it almost seems like every time, and it's like, I don't know how familiar, and again, it, it's, it wasn't earth-shaking news, so probably not a lot of people in this area heard about it, but UNLV quarterback Max Gilliam raked through the coals and was forced to give an apology 
because on an episode of Below Deck, which is one of those weird network, um, yeah, yeah, and it's about cruise ships. Shelly used to watch it quite yeah. often, and I would watch some episodes. So yeah, I'm familiar with it. And, and there, you know, I I think a lot of it's hyped up for the theatrics. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not saying none of it goes on. Sure, but you know, if you showed the day to day life of a cruise ship, people would be like. Yeah. This is stupid. I'm turning it. You, right, you got to exactly. spice it oh, up. Yeah, you have to, yeah. But it's anyway, a little scripted. Right, exactly. Um, but anyway, quarterback Max Gilliam of the UNLV Running Rebels was forced to apologize because on an episode of Below Deck, he ate sushi off a model who was nude but had like a bunch of like big, l- I, I don't want to call them lettuce leaves, but almost like sure. a, you know, but sure, she sure, had sure, something sure. covering her, but she was nude and he ate sushi off her stomach. And and that's appalling and oh my god! It, and my take is, why do you apologize for that? It in bottom line isn't the reason you become a college quarterback to to be able to eat sushi wait, off wait, of women. Wait, that's my first question. What's a college quarterback doing on on below deck? I didn't I didn't even want to deep dive it that much because I was so <laughs> mad because that's I because like... I, I was actually disappointed he ate it off her stomach. Bah, bah. <laughs> 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 no, but I'm serious. Like, okay, what, is the NCA kind of looking into this too? Well, that I don't know. I don't know if he got paid. I don't know. I mean, he's a decent looking fella, and he, and, you know, UNLV kids can go on cruises, and they well, were filming an episode it, of Below Dad. Yes, but it's a private cruise, so I'm just wondering who he knows that may have paid for that. Uh, now, right, well, if, he, okay. if he paid for that, that's a whole different ballgame. I mean, that's, yeah, I don't. I guess I'll have to deep dive to see how he got on there, but I don't understand. He's single. I mean, it's not like he's the president of the United States. It's yeah. not like he's the Pope. No. Um, okay, single so. guy. He's playing quarterback, and he ain't. He didn't put. A, he didn't have a gun in her mouth and say, "Do this for me, you silly such and such." <laughs> right. It, you know, she was on the table and she, right. nude, but covered up. If you if you can visualize that, sure. And he ate sushi off her stomach. Who gives a shit? Well, Isn't that, that why you play college quarterback to have that luxury? But what was he apologizing for? Because a lot of people were offended that he would eat sushi off a woman. It wasn't appropriate. It wasn't right. You're representing UNLV. It's like I've who been cares? to a cu- I've been to a couple bars in Vegas where that's like that's what you have to do. Like you know, right. now that was back in the day though. That was probably in the obviously that was in the mid to late '90s. So maybe they don't do that in Vegas anymore. But I mean. It's, pretty much protocol when you walk into the bar that's kind of what you got to do right it's not off the stomach you know yeah. so i mean he i and i i'm gonna say max gilliam went pg on us <laughs> i would have rather he went triple x <laughs> yeah i i don't i'm yeah whatever it's the network thing you know what i'm saying well no the network doesn't want him to apologize who did People are mad that are. Uh, oh, did he apologize? He did. Yes, he apologized. But who's sorry. people? It was bad judgment. The the uh, I don't know. Probably uh, people putting co- money into the coffers of UNLV sports. Oh, oh, as a UNLV quarterback, I'm, yeah. I'm just thinking like somebody tied to the show. Oh no, the show didn't give a shit. The show aired it. Didn't I was going to say they've had nude people on that show. Like they, you know, they have people. Right, get yeah, drunk, well, I, they get drunk and take off their clothes and jump off. Well, the yeah, boat that's and, silliness on your part, Dave. Yeah, the show didn't want him to apologize. Oh, the show filmed it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they yeah, knew yeah, what yeah. they were doing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gilliam apologized because he was taking heat from the UNLV side of it. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a college quarterback. All right, we'll sure, slow sure, sure, sure. this down, down so, so Dave can catch up. 
Yeah, no, the show didn't do it. The show fucking filmed it. They're probably thinking, yeah, we're getting a lot of extra publicity. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they probably wanted it off some other orifice. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, the second one. This isn't really... Call it, yeah, I don't know. I would see the university wanting to... Right, but I don't understand where the apology they're is. Probably, they're probably got him in a room going, what the, what the fuck are you doing on a TV show as a college quarterback? You know, uh, you know being wined and dined like that you're just asking for the ncaa to right. get in our and, and he's probably looking like look we ain't good enough to get an ncaa violation brought against <laughs> us so if i got a chance to eat sushi off a model i'm doing it buddy um all right the second one um mind numbing not really mind numbing but i thought i kind of got a kick out of it it was like all right florida lsu is playing at florida last night Back and forth, Florida's leading. You know, Florida wins. They play. Yep. You know, that win or lose, they're going to be in the SEC championship game. But if they win against LSU, beat Alabama, they're for sure in the semifinals. Yada yada yada. Closer than most expected. Florida comes down, ties the game up, 34-34, about two twenty to go. Florida kicks to LSU. LSU has the ball, first down, two minutes to go, chance to win, first down, second down, third down, incomplete, stop. All right, Florida's going to get the ball back, chance to win, we got to get, oh, wait, wait, wait. The guy, Marcus Wilson, I believe is his name, who broke up the pass, wants to let the LSU player know, is like, hey, look, I get it. I, I'm I'm a fan of the U, who by the way embarrassed themselves this week. Oh I mean, yeah, that was Miami. Bad. Miami. I tweeted out Miami is <laughs> that was the, so Miami bad. is the bully that has been held back three years, and in the class that he's currently at, he'll like push around the kids that he's three years older than and right. takes their lunch money. But then when one of the kids that the Miami should be in his class, Miami pisses its pants and cries home to mom because they're a fraud fire manny fernandez fire them all an absolute embarrassment but anyway um getting back to our what if um i get one to trash talk i you know want to you know run your mouth you know if you want to grab a guy by the sack in a pile up (laughs) if you want to if you want to punch him you want to spit in his direction you want to kick at him you want to cheap shot him you want to body slam him to the ground all right, hey, there's going to be repercussions, and I don't necessarily condone it, but I, I kind of get it, you know. Sure. You re, you know, it's football. It's football, humiliation, and, you know, domination is part of the get game. Get in their head. So, yeah, exactly, get in their head. Let them know, hey, I, I just owned you, bitch. Yeah. What does Marcus Wilson do? Third down, <laughs> incomplete pass. Fourth down, LSU's going to punt to Florida. Yeah. But wait, flag on the play on sportsmanlike conduct number whatever, whatever, Marcus Wilson for – throwing a shoe <laughs> so in in the in, in the process of breaking up the pass landing on him right. the LSU receiver's shoe came off in Marcus Wilson's hand and he picked he had it in his hand and he literally just threw it down the middle of the field that is a unsport throwing a, <laughs> opponent's equipment is a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty first down LSU and the LSU kicker just drills a 57-yarder in the fog to uh, 
basically right. and knock Florida out. Uh, even if they beat Alabama, a two-loss team's probably not going to get in the semifinals. Yeah. So for I mean, because like, all right, let's say in a few minutes here, Dave, when we uh, rate uh, the Axe Man. I love it. It's a 4.55. And you say, oh, God, Mike, you're an idiot. I rated it a 1.66. Are you fucking kidding me, Dave? 52 episodes in and we can't agree on this. You're a fucking idiot, you motherfucker. I mean, if I want to throw five haymakers and beat your ass, right? okay, maybe on call for, but at least it makes sense. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, am I going to grab your shoe and throw it? I mean, what is that? <laughs> I mean, I was a, you don't like the way I take. You don't like the beer I drink, Dave. I'm throwing your shoe. I mean, that's how fucking stupid are people? <laughs> I don't know. Did, did the referees interpret that as some kind of a like? If you take another player's helmet or some. Yeah, well, that's the rule. You, you know, throwing objects or whatever. That's they they had the ruling of it, and it's clearly a 15 yard penalty. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, if the guy would have just fucking hammered him with 10 punches, it's going to be the same 15 yard penalty. But at least I would have said, okay. Well, hell, cost his team the game, but at least <laughs> right. he got a vengeance got on that guy. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, you, shoe? you threw my shoe, guy. You know, oh, I'm defeated. You threw my shoe, I give. I mean, like, how dumb are people? It's just so, I don't understand. I don't, yeah. I just don't get that. It's like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to throw your, here, go get your, like, you know, like. Well, I they've, been, they've, been, they've been told not to do that. And so he just had, you know, getting out some frustration and didn't think about it. I don't even think it's that. Like I say, ripping off the guy's helmet and firing it into the sideline, I wouldn't even be having this topic. It, right. The shoe came off in his hands. He throws it like he's a badass. It's like he should be. He should lose a scholarship. That's silly. <laughs> so um. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So, let's rate this. Yes, sir. All right. Your turn. Yes, You're first. Yep. Well. Is it going to be a four point five? No, it won't be the 4.5. Let me see how close we can get to the 4. All right, 3.93 for Mike. Very good, though. Enjoyed it a lot. I'm actually going to go with that extra little kick at the end. I'm going to go 4.0. Over the course of the year, Dave, our ratings have almost been uh, topsy-turvy. A little bit. But, I mean, we're talking about, what, seven hundredths of a point on that one? Right, but normally this is one that you wouldn't have liked as much as I did. In the beginning, like I'm talking like maybe episode 15. Where do we stand with untapped? Well, this is a 7.2% alcohol, 65 IBUs. So once, for me, once the IBUs get over 70, like 75, 80, 85, stuff like that, that's where I kind of, you know, shy away from that. So this one, though, uh, because it's from Surly, bigger brewery, bigger distribution, 103,000 check-ins on untapped. Okay. 103K. 4.14. Wow. How about them apples? I got her number. Nice Goodwill Hunting reference, Michael. Thank you very much, Dave. I think that's the first time I've referenced you as Michael in this podcast. I think it's the first Goodwill Hunting reference we've had, too. So, <laughs> so hey, you know, who knows? <laughs> seems fitting. Anyway, uh, third tasting. We've got kind of the, do we call it a cousin? A brother? I don't know, but uh, we've got Z's. I like cousin. It's, cousin. I, don't think, I don't think it's, you know, 
dinosaur pulling around. Yeah, yeah it, it, it caused another. Z's uh, pet dinosaur. Now, in episode three, for the however many listeners that have been listening since the very beginning, uh, episode three, we did Z's pet polar bear and one of uh, Mike's very, very favorites. We've got the cousin here from Big Lake Brewing, 6% alcohol, and the infamous NA as far as IBUs, so we'll, we'll see. And... Uh, Big 50, Lake is from Holland, Michigan. I have it at fifty-three IBUs. Fifty-three, okay. I was on a, you know, when I when I looked at that, I, I, I looked for the the red because they actually have a they have two. There's a Z's Pet Dinosaur and it's a blue label, with a different really? kind of almost looks like a baby T Rex. Yeah, maybe I looked at the wrong label. But this is a Stegosaurus. Okay. Red label. All right, it's a um, it's a New England IPA. So it should be a little more hazy and a little more fruity, uh, even than the uh, sabrotage. All right. Um, well, regardless of the IBUs, let's go ahead and taste it anyway. As I pour all over my notes. I think that'll make them worth more money one day because it'll be like... That stain there, that's the actual tasting of the beer. <laughs> <laughs> Way too much head. No, I've never, ever uttered that <laughs> No my one, life. No one ever said. Sorry. All right. All right. Now, here. I really, am I getting good at this? Can't even see through that. Very, very hazy. Don't I, even worry about it, Mike. And I've actually ruined my note for the next pod, but we'll be all right. Yeah. With the, with the expenditures that this pod makes, a notepad is nothing. Nothing. Cheers. Some good notes and yes. Yeah, um, now that's... more milder than the pet polar bear, if I remember, because I think it, I distinctly remember forty nine weeks ago <laughs> that Z's pet polar bear, polar bear had more of like a Mike Tyson uppercut into the solar yeah. plexus. Mm-hmm. This is more of a. Well, this dinosaur doesn't have red eyes. See, there do you remember the yeah, on the yeah. label? The polar bear had yep. the like the very distinct, like uh, laser almost red eyes. Yeah, I do. And it, this is much smoother. Um, Definitely fits into the New England uh, genre. See, there you go. Blue yep, label. Yep. There are the blue label. So mini T-Rex. Oh, the red label. Okay. I stand corrected, Dave. You are right with the NA. So That's the, a first. We're putting that in the, cal- yep. in the uh, calendar. So NA, but the alcohol percentage is still 6.0. Yep. And it changes the other pertinent information. But, yeah, all right. I guess I didn't scroll down far enough. I didn't know there was a red label and a blue label. That's all right. Um, I had the can earlier, so I knew which one to. All right, so where do we go from here, Dave? Uh, Oh, as mentioned at the very start of the pod, how time flies and tasting one sabotage. And I mentioned the Hemperer. The Hemperer was episode nine. Nine. 43 weeks ago. I mean, if you're talking about the like the creation of Earth, right? Forty three weeks is not that big a long period of a time. But when you talk about podcasts, I mean, forty three weeks ago, it's a long time. That was a long time. 
All right, so this day in sports, yes? Sure. All right. You going first or you want me to go first? You go first. All right. 43 years ago today, Ooh. December 13th, 1977, as I tend to go more on the macabre side of things. And a few weeks ago, I mentioned the Marshall plane crash of 1973. Right. Or whatever year that was. 43 years ago today, 14 University of Illinois basketball players die in a plane crash. Yeah. <clears throat> the Purple Aces were not that good aces that day. No. no Poor sir. attempt at humor, but Nonetheless, yeah. it's you know it's a fact. I mean, it's the Evansville Purple Aces. So. Right, 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 right. Yep, I do remember that. I'm gonna have to go back a little bit further. All right, so I'm gonna have to go 63 and 20 is 83 years ago to 1906 or 1936. 1936. This one 84 kinda, years ago today. Yeah, this one kind of interests me. Uh, the final Boston Redskin NFL game, they lose to the Packers 21-6 and then move to Washington, D.C. So I didn't know they were in Boston prior to Washington, D.C. And now they're not even called the Redskins. So Nope. The Washington football team? Yep. Yeah. I guess I didn't know that they were the Boston Redskins either. Yeah. Um, and now our listeners know. No, See, you know, this it, is a, this is not only about beer drinking and sports. It, it, it's, it's about a, educating exactly. our listeners. And just like, you know... And you may know it as the Washington football team. Yeah. But it'll always be the Redskins to me. Just may like, you know, may, you may know her as Myanmar, but she'll always be Burma to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. You're next. You're what up. other podcast? I dare you to find a podcast <laughs> I've mentioned. <laughs> A rare Seinfeld, admittedly a Seinfeld reference, right? But where you mentioned Myanmar and Burma in a podcast <laughs> about football and beer, yeah, I, I guarantee there's not a fucking one. We out are there. very unique. Yes, we are. If only any, yeah, we we're unique that you and I are the only ones listening. <laughs> but uh, all right, my second one, and it was 24 years ago today, my man. You know, I tip my cap to the late Walter Payton. Yep. I loved you, buddy. You were my favorite football player, second favorite all time. My favorite player of all time, any sport, the Rocket. As you can see, the shrine that I've got built here in the North Studio to him. Yes, you do. Roger Clemens, he signed with the Toronto Blue Jays 24 years ago today. Why? The money, dude. You know, the, yeah. you know so... And he, you know, he, he, the last year of his contract, he pitched hurt for the Red Sox, wasn't as effective. And I don't know what he would have done with the Red Sox, but I think his career was rejuvenated. Okay. Asterisk here. All right. And I'll tell you that. And, and we'll go on after you give your second one. But, uh, and it was just because he, he pitched hurt. For the Red Sox, and he was not effective, so the Red Sox basically said, "Hey, dude, thanks, but you got to move we, on." Yeah, we got to move on. All right, so I'm going to go all the way to 1997. All right, yep. 63rd Heisman Trophy Award, Charles Woodson, University of Michigan, University of Michigan, and I thought, you know, even though I'm a state grad, 
awesome player, but for a D-back to get the Heisman Trophy, how unusual is that? Very. Yeah, right? Yep. So either everybody sucked really bad that year, which they couldn't have sucked that bad. No. I didn't. Fa- I, uh, I I will admit I didn't fact check it beforehand, but I just thought that's pretty cool that you know if you're if you're that good of a D back right. that you're well, going to get the Heisman Trophy. Even if you know, even if everybody did suck, I mean, he won it. I mean, it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. every college player sucked. No, that that's year. what I'm He's saying. I mean, so. that, that was to my point. Right. Yeah, it is rare. You know, I remember the, the year Gordy Lockbaum was invited. I mean, I think he finished fourth or fifth of the guys that were invited to the ceremony. But sure. He was from what college? Uh, he was from the University of uh, Arizona. Holy Cross. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I was close. Um, and oddly enough, in yet another seamless tie-in <laughs> of the guys of flight football and anything else, after 52 episodes, I mean, we are... Bona fide professionals, Dave. So, almost in conjunction with my December 13th, 1996, This Day in Sports, which was 24 years ago today, three years ago today, the Mitchell Report is publicly released listing the names of 89 MLB players that have personally used anabolic anabolic steroids and human growth hormone, also known as HGH. Notable players named involved, Miguel Tejada. <laughs> I don't know why he's in this because I didn't like Miguel Tejada that much. And yeah. Roger Clemens. Yep. Now, you asked why he signed with Toronto. I think that ties in with this, although he was never... Convicted. It was he was allegedly allegedly, and for Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens to not be in the Hall of Fame is one of the biggest injustices of the world. And there is no Hall of Fame. And Roger Clemens is a is a yes. Uh, Looking at your it, trophy case. How many fucking Cy Youngs Roger Women? Clemens was seven. No, he hasn't won seven, did he? Hey. he well, as of 97, he had won four because I got the autograph to prove it. Roger Clemens, four times Cy. So, um, but he wouldn't have won three more Cy Youngs from 920. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. at least a four times Cy Young winner. Right. He was a Cy Young winner, and and in my opinion, if you got to fucking take something to get your ass on the field on your contract, you should be commended for that effort. Right. Not shunned upon. And and as I've mentioned many, many times before, Dave, if you and I get on any anabolic steroid and HGH, we are not going to be successful Major League Baseball players. (laughs) I guarantee it. Right. 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 I, I fucking knew he was seven times Cy. So, yeah, Roger Clemens, seven times Cy. Yeah, some fan I am. Sorry, Roger. Fuck, I just... You got a whole trophy. Yeah, you got I a fuck. big thing. You got a... My autograph was three Cy Youngs ago, though. Fuck, man. I knew it was seven times Cy, but then I'm thinking to myself, that is such an absurd fucking number. How, who, who wins seven Cy Youngs and is not in the fucking Hall of Fame? In my friend at Fishman 8, well, those who cheat, he didn't fucking cheat, Fisher. You, he fucking got himself. You throw the baseball nine 
95 miles an hour 110 times in one night and try to get out there four days later. It ain't happening unless you have some help. That's our dedication. I want if when I'm paying a hundred dollars a ticket, I want I want I'll juice the cocksucker up in the back and I'll I'll say here, let me give you a little something because I want to see you hit something and I want to see you throw hundred miles an hour and throw a you're, perfect game. You're in the same camp as Colin Coward. You know what I mean? Am I because I don't like Colin Coward? So what is well, he you know you might not like him, but he's I, like, I, hey, if I pay that much money to see these people play, amen. Yeah. So yes, okay, I have a newfound respect for Colin Coward because I agree with that one hundred percent. It's like listen. Is it for everybody? Am, am I going to tell you, hey, Dave, your five-year-old daughter, you should get her, you should pump her up on anabolic <laughs> steroids and everything, and maybe she'll be a pretty good softball player. No, that's bad parenting. These are grown men with right. talking about millions of dollars. Because I'll tell you what, if, some, if my job came to me and said, hey, if you juice up, we'll probably could pay you $199,000 a year. It's like, all right, well, where, 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 yeah, where do you want to shoot it? <laughs> I'll strip naked and you stick it anywhere you want to stick it. You know, so, and to say to say they're not Hall of Fame worthy, because Clemens and Bonds were Hall of Fame worthy even before, because even before yeah. this happened, because there was no doubt, you know, anyway, that's a whole other episode, a whole other tangent. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that <laughs> okay. was my third and final on this day's part. Do you have any more or no? Yeah, I had the one more. 2015. Irishman. Conor McGregor knocks out Brazilian Jose Aldaro in 13 seconds to win the first featherweight title in Las Vegas. So that was the beginning of a beautiful MMA career. So his first fight lasted longer than my first sexual escapade. <laughs> that about sums it up. Yes, Michael. So, if you want to tell people your all your details about your sexual ex- escapades, that's fine with me. Hey, it was good for me. <laughs> all right. Oh my God, are we ready to rate this? That's what she cool. said. <laughs> are you gonna do a random question? Oh yeah, shit, forgot about the random question. Oh my God, I was having I was having such a good time with that segment, I forgot all about the random question. All right, here we go. Ready? Yep. Is everybody ready for this? I think so. Okay. Red is the lab for me. Now, if you had a choice right now to turn back the clock and change your career path, you could have three choices, put them in order. I don't care if it's from least to best or number one to number three, but your three top career choices you'd rather do other than what you're doing right now. Go. All right. I'm going to give you my one and my three as almost like fantasy Sure. Careers. Yeah. Whatever. And my number two will be like, could have, I could have been a contender. Okay. Um, all right. So my number one, my career would be a professional athlete. Okay. Any sport, I don't care which. If you're going to make me pick, it would be a football player. Uh, for obvious reasons, good money, the uh, you know the the fame, the fortune, you know, the prestige, whatever. Sure. That's my number one. My number three, got to be a porn star. You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, hey, business as usual. I mean, I mean, there could be, there's, there's words on a established professional level. Okay. You know, 
I'm not I'm not going to be you know with barnyard animals for you know for for hits you know for little uh, doses of uh, black tar heroin. Sure. You know I'm not going to be I'm not you know I'm not talking that kind of stuff. That's not much of a dream, Dave. I mean you know I want to be I want to be on the top. I'm, I want to really, be. I'm really glad you clarified that. Right. Well, you know you know because you know anybody can do anything for fifty bucks. I don't want that's not my career path. I'm talking I'm going to be the sure. star. Yeah. Okay. You know Dirk Diggler. I'm he, Dirk Diggler. <laughs> all right but my number you know so number two i and i think the listeners of all the episodes know and this would and i actually went into this line of not line of work but line of study while i was in school and i don't know what swayed me i think people say ah there's too many people in that field and i listen to other people I would actually like to be, and this then this number two would be a realistic one where I think I could actually have done it. Would be whether it's prosecuting or defense, mm-hmm. but an attorney. An attorney. Okay. I think you know being involved in some of those cases. Sure. I, sure. Not everything's going to be a grand slam, Hollywood blockbuster. Right. You know. Uh, right. the, the the Wonderland murders, the Charles Manson murders, sure. the Menendez brothers. Not everything's going to be of that magnitude, and there's going to be a lot of you know boring stuff along the way. But right. either putting the guilty away or defending, ho- yeah. hopefully the innocent, or just doing your job and getting somebody who's guilty. I mean that that almost is the more intriguing part of of that field that I just mentioned. Is like, all right, Dave. I fucking know you did it. You fucking know you did it. And every one of these motherfuckers out here know you did it. But it's up to me to let to try to tell try to get them to think that you didn't do it. Yeah. And if I'm doing my job and doing everything yeah. according to yeah. the law and you were found innocent, does I mean that's well, isn't that being the fucking I, man? I think some defense ter- attorneys feel like they're almost protecting the the judicial judicial system right oh for sure you know what i mean in the sense that you know not not having um you know the other side of the fence taking advantage of you know well, how what's things the, work what's a richard gear movie with um pretty woman no the he was he was the attorney and the guy uh, was raped by the priest oh god and um but he had a dual split personality and richard gear went to bat for him and presented an excellent case and got him off and then in the he cell, was psycho. yeah, the guy's like, oh, well, listeners yeah, out know. there, who, what is the what is the actor's name? The uh, Richard Gears client, but again, it had to be Kevin Spacey because Kevin Spacey plays an amazing. That he does, but it wasn't him. It was okay. a younger kid, uh, and um, I will think of it here in a minute. But so that would be my number two. That or Anthony Hopkins, either a defense. Or a prosecuting attorney, yeah. Because I, I mean, that would almost be the equivalent of the athletic rush. Because, like, you know, put yourself in um, Christopher Darden and uh, oh fuck, what's the girl, the lady's name, and that loss in the Simpson trial, Marsha, Marsha Clark, yeah. In that type of sure, or, or yeah, the yeah, Johnny yeah, yeah. Cochran and F. Lee oh. Bailey and Robert Shapiro. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, you're tooth and nail, and oh. okay, and you do, you're given everything you got. And you're either getting somebody found guilty or oh. getting them acquitted. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's oh, if my. If you've ever that, sat in a jury, in a courtroom, oh yeah, I know exactly well, what that's you're right. talking so about. I think so. My number one, 
the fantasy land would be a NFL football player. Number three, the kind of like the fun and games, tongue sure. in cheek, porn star. <laughs> but number two, in answer to your question, the yeah. real life, yeah. what my profession would be, mm-hmm. it would be either a defense or a prosecuting attorney. Yep. So mine is number one. Again, kind of same thing as you. I'd be a professional PGA Tour player. I'd be on the tour because that just, I mean, if you can play, I mean, if you can play, if you know you can play and you've got the confidence, you've got that swagger and you just, you know, like the Phil Mickelson's and the Tiger Woods's and the anybody like, um, you know, I mean, it's not like, like the Jim Furyk's, you know what I mean? Like Jim Furyk is not a all-star, right. you know, top, but Jim Furyk He's is in there banging away. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So number two, uh, physician. So I was pre-med for one semester and I went into some of the orientation sessions because I was, I was actually pretty good. I liked the whole, um, I liked the whole, uh, the science. I I was pretty good at it. You know what I mean? It interested me. I was interested in it and they scared the shit out of me about how long you'd be in school, how much debt you were going to go into, da, 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 da. But they never talked about the other side. You know, they never did the other side of the equation, like how fast you could get out of debt, you know, if you did things right and you're a hard worker. But whatever. That being said. <clears throat> anyway, and just to prove how interested I was in it, do you know why when you drink you, you pee a lot? You know why like people don't want to break the seal? You're dehydrated? Um, well, you can become dehydrated. But the anterior pituitary secretes a hormone called ADH, right? Antidiuretic hormone. Well, when... The loop of Henley down in your kidney, there's a section of your kidney. That area, and it's been 30-some years since I learned this, but down in that area of your kidney, when that gets the ADH, it actually reabsorbs water into your body, right? It takes some of the water and reabsorbs it so you stay hydrated. Well, alcohol stops the secretion of ADH from your anterior pituitary. So when your kidney doesn't get that antidiuretic hormone, it's a now you're in a diuretic state and it, the water doesn't get reabsorbed, it goes into your bladder and you pee more. Huh. Yeah. Well, son of a bitch. So for anybody that was saying like, yeah, bullshit, Dawson was pre-med before. Yeah, fuck you. Anyway, so that's number two, right? Right. So that was a tough one. I couldn't come up with it. It was really hard to come up with a third. The third may, may be an engineer. Just like, almost like, you know, you talked about being a professional Three athlete. voluptuous 26-year-olds, double Ds, just... Uh, you know what? I've always been terrified of STDs. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, uh, listeners, you should have seen the eye roll sake. Mike just had. Oh, my God. I thought he was going to have an aneurysm. His eyes rolled so intensely. Well, yeah, because that was the biggest <laughs> pussy fucking cop I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck, John Holmes had John Holmes HIV positive had sex with thousands of people and none of his contacts tested positive after he fucking died of HIV. Put that rest to bed, buddy. Put that rest to bed. <laughs> but the fact is, him. Mike, you just validated he died of HIV. You know what happened? Because he got into a uh, mischie- <laughs> mischievous uh, porn exploit. And that was in the 80s. We know a lot more than we know now. Oh, my. I mean, come on, Dave. <laughs> All right, what do you think of this? What do you think of Z's pet dinosaur? Um, mm. But yeah, you're first. I guess I got to go first, right? 
All right. I got one more drink of this. Um, I wish I did. Is this the best of the night? Hmm. Is this better than... Mike, I'm almost going to say... I'm almost going to say it's almost got too much of a... It's almost too sweet. It's almost too... It's like, you know, your New Englands are supposed to be a little more fruity. Hmm. Can it be a 4.0? It's definitely up there. Nope. 3.9... 3.95. All right, so we flip-flopped. I think Z's followed in its... uh... Cousin's footsteps of the pet polar bear came through with no fucking problemo. Hit all the right spots, and I'm going to give it a 4.01. So, look, so you were five hundredths below. I was, yeah. So, I mean, it's almost an exact flip flop of Axeman. So, Axeman was your favorite. Z's pet dinosaur is my favorite. I'd continue to drink any of the two. Yeah. Either of the two, right. all night, every Agreed. night, with no no qualms, no issues. But my favorite night was Z's pet dinosaur. So our red label. I'd like to try the blue label. So listeners, send us the blue label. So the untapped crowd. Looking at it here, uh, looking it up, looking it up, looking it up. Three point seven eight. Hmm. That's I I find that odd actually. Well. The only thing I can figure is untapped is typically alcohol related and six point six percent alcohol is I don't want to say low, I mean it's still on the IPA scale it yeah. might be a little low. So I, I you typically the higher the alcohol the right, the better the rating. Although, you know, sabotage is seven four with the three eight two, Axeman was seven two, four point one four, but Six point, yeah. I mean, I'm not that 3.78 is a horrible rating, it's no. not like they it was no. disgusting or nothing, but right. I actually thoroughly enjoyed Zeep's pet dinosaur, yeah, good. And for the 52nd time, the one year anniversary of flights, football, and anything else, God bless America. I looked down into my not a big deal glass and I can see I'm out of beer. And as the late great Stuart Scott would say, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here.